Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. You're chopping it up with Chuck. I'm the editor-in-chief. This podcast, award-winning podcast, is brought to you by PolyScience and our friends at Summit Research. We always bring you the goods. Today we are coming to you from MJ Biz, and we have a very special guest. We have the Vice President of Sales and Marketing from Ulabo. I hope I said that right. Correct. And his name is Dirk Fries. Welcome, Dirk. It's a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you very much, Chuck. So, very warm welcome. Thank you. How, how does it feel to be here at MJ Biz? Great, uh, specifically after a few years of a break, which we all know why it happened. We yeah. had this pandemic in between. Um, it's great to be back again with the whole team. Everybody's enjoying that. The customers are enjoying that as well. Yeah. So we are really excited about that. It's the first day today, so we will see how it develops, but very yeah. good starting stuff. No, it's, it's gotten off to a great start. And tell our audience, uh, you know, a little bit about yourself and your background and, and what you do in the cannabis industry. So, uh, as you so perfectly well said, I'm the VP of Sales, Marketing and Service at Ulabo USA. Um, and Ulabo is a provider of liquid temperature control. So, we have heating circulators and cooling circulators, chillers, and you need that in the cannabis industry. Uh, regarding my personal background, before I come back to what we do in this industry, um, yeah, I'm, as you can hear probably, I'm not native to the US. You're from Kansas, we can tell by exactly. the accent. So I was born in West Berlin in Germany ah. um, and raised there, uh, studied biochemistry. So that has something to do with cannabis plants already a little bit. I come back to that later. And then lived the last 20 years in Switzerland before we as a family moved over here nine years ago to the US because of Ulavo USA. Yeah. And how is that related to the cannabis industry, you might ask? Temperature control, what, what is that even? And uh, temperature control originally came from really the chemical lab mm -hmm. where you wanted to precisely control certain temp temperatures for chemical reactions. And in the meantime, it's in each and every industry uh, for quality control, for um, machining tools, uh, even for pasta production, you name it. Yeah. And in the cannabis production and extraction, you need various temperature sensitive steps to be achieved. So you have the extraction process first at a certain temperature, usually a little bit below room temperature. Then you have the winterization which usually takes place at minus 40 to minus 60 degrees Celsius. It's very important to get rid of the, all the lipids and waxes. And then you have the decarb step, the decarboxylation, because you want to turn the uh, delta-9 THC into the psychoactive substance. The same holds true for the CBD. And you need to do that at a higher temperature, usually 100, 110 degrees Celsius. And that's important because otherwise you don't have this. When you smoke marijuana, you do that while smoking, heating it up. Yeah. And now you have to do that in the extraction setup. Ah. And then the next process after that is solvent recovery, uh, which takes place at 78 degrees Celsius. And then you have distillation finally. So a lot of temperature controls steps just to get the product out of the cannabis plant. Yeah. And so you can imagine right now that when you have a setup to do an extraction, that the temperature control parts very often are the most expensive ones. Ah. And that's very often underestimated. It's kind of a niche in a niche, but very, very important. If you don't do that, then you end up with a lot of side products that you don't want to have, and that really a lot of product goes to waste finally. 
And that's where we are in, in this space. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned temperature control is so important in the cannabis, uh, you know, cultivation and through the different processes of extraction. Really, if you think about it, temperature control is vital to almost everything. Like not even in cannabis, right? You're absolutely right. It's yeah. vital, as yeah. you so nicely said. It's yeah. essential. Uh, otherwise, we couldn't live. If right. we wouldn't keep our temperature of 37.5 degrees Celsius, our body temperature, yeah. in Fahrenheit, it might be something like 98, um, then we would definitely die. We, the, yeah. the bandwidth, <laughs> yeah. which is allowable for our body, is so small. And we are a perfect example of precise temperature control. We know how to sweat. We know how to shiver yeah. uh, just to keep this going. Even even when you look at it from a global scale, when they talk about you know temperature control, I've heard like a degree or two could have massive implications on you know how the whole whole planet is. So and we are that's talking about that now every day, aren't yeah. we? Exactly to limit that. Uh, yeah. Do we achieve these goals which have been set ten years ago uh, of just increasing the global temperature by one degree and or at most two degrees? But that could already be catastrophic. That's very very. Uh, right what you are saying there. Yeah. So that really affects every facet of our life. Yes. And if it's only about drinking coffee in the morning, yeah. when you do your own coffee, sometimes it can be very hot it, yeah. and you burn your tongue. And I do that sometimes when I bring the coffee up into the bedroom for my wife and it's too hot. Then you go to these large coffee chains and they made it their asset to really have the perfect temperature each yeah. and every time you go there to buy, and I can drop the name probably Starbucks, they measure each time the temperature. That's a huge difference to all the other competitors they have. Yeah. So, okay, help me picture somebody who's not smart like me. How does a how me. does a temperature control, how does a chiller fit into the kind of like the process? You know what I mean? Because I see these machines and they look really smart and they look really cool. How do they how do they fit into the grand scheme of all the other equipment that you need uh, for cannabis? As I said before, we have various different temperatures that we need to achieve in the process. Yes. So you have either glass or stainless steel reactors and extractors and rotary uh, uh, condensers that yeah. you need to control with this temperature. So you cannot run with one machine. You have to set up in this whole skid of ah. the extraction process four to five different uh, temperature control machines. Of course, in our case, Ulava USA is once and preset them to the temperature that you need, either cooling down or heating up. And to keep that temperature then at this precise temperature is key. Because it could easily happen that you are running out of the precise temperature control range when your process gets either too hot or too... Yeah, and that, that's something we want to avoid. Yeah, yeah, which is why you have multiple thermostats in your home. Right, so you can have different temperature control for different things, and yes. you know that that makes sense. And so, uh, so, so what you're saying is that this is one of the most important elements. It is in the whole cannabis industry, but it's often, um, you know, just just not thought of. You know, it's kind of behind the scenes where where uh, that's, where it that's happens. It. We never think about that. Also, yeah. I was just talking to David um, here from PolyScience about cars, for example. Shout out to PolyScience, our I, title I, sponsor. And I do that later. Yeah. Uh, again. <laughs> Uh, for some reasons when we are going to talk about competition. But think about the car, for example. The, the engine uh, has a certain temperature and you want to keep it at a precise temperature, never above 200 Fahrenheit, for yeah. example. Whereas in the cabin inside, you don't want to have 200 Fahrenheit, don't you? Yeah. You want to have probably 68, 70. <laughs> so again there, you never think when you are thinking about a fancy car 
that temperature control in the car is also essential to not let it die and to keep yourself comfortable. Same holds true here for the cannabis extraction process. Wow, that is fascinating. And you know, with us, with us, uh, we were talking before we got on on stage here. And you're a you're a big believer in. You know, some people might say, "Well, wait a minute. Why is why is Dirk here on this stage? We got poly science all over. We got you know, aren't those guys competitors? What would you say to people that are like, uh, what are you doing on the stage on a show sponsored by your competitor?" That's exactly what I love, honestly, and I highly appreciate it, and I'm very passionate about that. Because, first of all, I'm a very competitive person, Yeah. and um, I thought about competition quite a lot in yeah. my past, and I'm going to give you a few examples of that. But to see that there's healthy competition out there, uh, that you can work with your competitor, even yeah. together in certain facets, not in everything probably. Sure. But that is so helpful for the overall society or in this case for the overall community of the cannabis uh, extraction business. Yeah. And that's something I favor in, instead of just really shooting at each other, yeah. uh, down talking on each other. That doesn't help anybody. Competition really is key. And as you said, Chuck, uh, temperature is key for life. Yeah. Competition is key for life as well. And I would love to talk a little bit about that when you allow me to do that. Yeah, yeah, please do. Okay. Yeah. So, why is competition for me so important? First of all, as I said, I'm extremely competitive. I love sports. I, I hate to lose. Of yeah. course, sometimes you have to do that with grace as well. And yes. Dignity. It's difficult still. Uh, <laughs> I know. After all these years. <laughs> um, but as I'm a biochemist, uh, I was working a lot with cells. And when you're thinking about that, um, cells are competing with each other. And again, let's use our human body as an example. Sure. Um, so we have these cells which are highly differentiated. We have this cornea on your eye there, you have the skin here and the cheeks, and the cell knows exactly what it is and what it should do. Um, but it's always in competition with lazier cells which want to de-differentiate. They want to be less differentiated. We call them cancerous cells. Mm. So we are fighting a daily battle. Sometimes we hear about people diseasing unfortunately because of cancer that's very sad and we think this is a singular experience no it's not in fact it's a daily fight that all of our bodies are fighting all the time wow. so there is competition going on yeah so how to fight that so our healthy cells have to be healthier than the cancerous ones which are de-differentiating and starting to overgrow the others yeah therefore even there's programmed cell death implemented in our healthy cells to avoid that to happen but there's constant competition. And what did I do in my research? I did some cancer research, but I also did research on aging. So what we had there, we were working with a fungal model, not to get too scientific because sure. it might be boring, yeah. but we let these fungal cells grow in tubes and we called them race tubes. Race, like in a competition, and yeah. it was like that. So we were testing various mutants against each other, how quickly they could grow, so also there competition helped us understanding the metabolism of the cells. So that's key. Wow. No, that's fascinating. And I, you know, I feel the same way in this industry. You know, there's other magazines that are here. Absolutely. Uh, there's other, you know, media brands that are here. And, you know, people say like, you know, is, isn't that your competition? You know, don't you want to take them out? I'm like, I have no interest at all in taking them out. I want them to prosper. I want to work with them. I want to collaborate with them because I believe a rising tide lifts all boats. And so I don't look at, you, you know, unless they're doing, right. yeah, unless they're doing something, you know, like they're out there, you know, talking shit about me or my company or something. But no, I honestly feel there's enough 
we all can work together and help this industry because everybody's got a, a reason for being in this industry, some kind of passion for being here. And uh, yeah, I just, I'm a big fan of working with what people would call competitors. And when we say, uh, Chuck, uh, that helps the industry, uh, that sounds very altruistic. Do we really want to help our competitors? Probably not really in the bottom line, yeah. but it helps the industry, but it also helps us. Yes. And I think that's key here as well. We are selfish in a certain way, and we have to be. You were talking about the open market um, compared to socialism, for example. Yeah. There was no competition. We have seen what this led to. That all went downhill. Um, so open market economy is something I honestly believe in. Yeah. So the competition helps the audience, the clients, in your case, the readers of your magazine and the yeah. listeners to this podcast, because they get diversity. And to be successful, you try to be more innovative. Yeah. You use your curiosity. What's the next trend? What's going on there? You develop your next product. And that's what we are doing as well. So we are competing with companies like PolyScience yeah. that helps us to always stay at the forefront as they try to do that as well yeah. and are successfully doing so and we have different niches that we are acting in as well but that really propels you forward yes. as a company and it propels forward our customers and the markets in general the stock markets finally so it helps society and yeah. I really strongly believe in that because I've lived in West Berlin surrounded what we call the Red Sea by the, the socialists at yeah. the time and we have seen what they had and what we had And really, that was for me so felt, so heartfelt, so closely yeah. um, that I really believe in competition and not in monopoly. Well, not only that, because competition is inevitable, right? That's going to happen. But if you embrace it, you can use it, like you said, to innovate, to grow, to be better. You know, Michael Jordan probably wouldn't have been Michael Jordan if he didn't have Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, right? Those people pushing him and, exactly. and that made him become Michael Jordan. And that makes up getting out of bed every morning. We yes. want to be better and, and, yes. and we want to be successful. Yeah. And uh, that's so necessary. And you're talking about sports. Uh, Sports without competition is impossible. Oh my God, that sounded gross just thinking about it, yeah. Exactly, and, yeah. and, and uh, there was a study which I, I've written about in my Forbes article about competition that um, young adults or, or children of 13 to 14 years of age are losing interest in sport because then sometimes the competition becomes unhealthy. Yes. Then it's just driven by other ideas, not yes. anymore am I quicker than my pal or whatever. Yeah. Uh, then it becomes unhealthy and Unhealthy competition is something like doping, for example, in sports yeah. or gamesmanship when you are taking advantage of things which are perhaps legally accepted, accepted but not really nice. Yeah. Uh, so we should come back to the old British idea of sportsmanship. That's what I believe in. Yeah. And that really helps everybody. And, well, yeah, and also in business. Yeah, don't, yeah. Don't talk down on others. Don't copy others. It yeah. doesn't help you. That doesn't. That doesn't help anybody. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's a great uh, a parallel because if you think about it, there are a lot of similarities between great sports teams and yes. great business teams, you know? Absolutely. Like, and and, and I've, I've had the privilege of speaking with athletes who were elite athletes at the professional level and now are in the cannabis industry. And I say, is team building important in both sports and this? And they would say, absolutely, 100%. You know, you've got to have that... Um, culture you have to have the right people you know you have to have a little bit of competition you know you have to know how to push the right buttons to grow and I, and I think that that's a really interesting parallel between sports and business 
And that leads to the fact that competition also can be and should be fun. Yes. As you just said, with the teams and the sports teams, and, and when you see the kids playing soccer or basketball or whatever it is, they enjoy that. Yeah. That's what we should still do, also competing with other companies in the business. Yeah. That's what I honestly do. I really enjoy each and every day seeing that. And also when others are trying to copy us, okay, I can yeah. only <laughs> smile about that because that's a compliment. Well, success leaves clues, and you guys are very successful at what you do, so it's inevitable, you know, that people are going to try to, uh, you know, imitate or, or copy, but um, I don't know. What, what do you think about uh, the future? You know, what, what, what direction are we going? Is it, do you think it's moving in the proper speed as far as, you know, legalization and expansion and stuff like that? Do you think that maybe it should be a little bit quicker and it's bogged down in, you know, bureaucracy? What, what do you think? That's a very interesting and also political question. Yeah. And, and here again, I, I'm a little bit biased based on what we do as a company. Yeah. And, and uh, again, uh, I'm also talking here for polyscience in a certain way because they are in the same niche if it comes to the lab space that we are in. Um, when everything is legalized and uh, transportation of cannabis products across state borders is possible, then the big guys come in. Yes. You will not see, and that's a little bit sad, I, I, I'm saying, and that, I know I'm biased here, um, you don't see boutique extraction companies then probably anymore. You see the big guys who are just waiting for that day to yes. happen. What does that mean for Ulabo USA? What does that mean for PolyScience and others? That becomes an industrial scale where none of us is playing. That's a different kind of industry yes. and machinery which goes along with that. So for us, uh, yes, it would be great if uh, additional states legalize. Um, if it goes too quick and everything on a federal level is legalized, uh, we will shoot ourselves in the foot in a certain way. Yeah, that's right. Unintended consequences always, always yes. plays a role. And, and I think you're right. Um, so what about Germany? I was just there for the International Cannabis Business Conference. My first time to Europe, my first time to Germany. It was just now, wasn't it? It's yeah, not long ago. Berlin. Yeah, yeah. A few months ago. Um, are they going to legalize and are they going to lead the way in Europe? They will for sure. Uh, Heiner Lauterbach, the Minister for Health, uh -huh. um, he's pushing for that right now. And um, yeah, and he, he obviously has inroads, so that will happen pretty, pretty soon, I'm very sure. Yeah. And other countries as well in Europe. They'll follow. Yes. yes yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Well, uh, for the people that are listening, what's a way that they could uh, get in touch with you or find out more about you or your company? It's a great opportunity for you to give a shout out or, you know, let people know how they can get a hold of you. So yeah, please uh, check out our company, uh, Ulabo USA. You find us on the website, ulabo.us, J-U-L-A-B-O dot U-S. That's very easy. Uh, you find myself uh, under Dirk Frese, D-I-R-K-F-R-E-S-E -E, on LinkedIn. Uh, for example, that's the best way to get in touch with me. Uh, or my email address, that's dfr at ulabo.us. Nice. Well, thank you so much. I thank have you, learned Chuck. a ton being a here pleasure, with you. Really. It was a pleasure being with you, and we're definitely going to have to talk again. Absolutely. Thank you.
All right, and for those of you at home watching, thank you for joining us for another episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. You have been chopping it up with Chuck. Uh, very special thanks to our, our title sponsor, PolyScience. Of course, Summit Research is, uh, is working with us here. Um, let's not forget, we have a golden ticket promo that's happening right now. So if you're at MJ Biz, grab a magazine, look for a Willy Wonka ticket. We have a ton of prizes, and this is being sponsored by STM Canna, who is one of the leaders in pre-roll automation. Um, while, you, while you're at it, if you're watching this, make sure you subscribe, hit the like, leave a comment, share with your friend, send out a smoke signal, whatever. Let people know about Cannabis Tech Talks. It is an award-winning podcast, and we're super happy to have you here. Thank you so much, Dirk. For Thank those you. of you listening, we'll see you next time on Cannabis Tech Talks. Thank you again. Hey, hello, I'm Tommy Chong. If you want something really nice in your laboratory, buy Durachill. I'm telling you, if you're not using this Durachill, you're not really in the pot business. You're just on the fringe of it. So if you really want to get serious, man, this is what you need. You need a Durachill in your life. You've got the technology here to have the cleanest, purest, healthiest product. I'm impressed. You want me to sell this? Buy it. Try Durachill or else. If your chiller's down, you ain't making money. And you heard it from me, Tommy Chong. Brought to you by PolyScience.